is Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome to, this isn't an episode of the Wednesday Pools. It's a weird thing. So usually we would do an episode reviewing a specific movie that we saw that we enjoyed and that's related to sort of our niche. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would definitely easily be one of those. It's one of my most anticipated movies of the year, but there is a writer's strike going on. So at some point you will see this episode or listen to this episode on our feed but for now, it's on Patreon. So, whatever. We're going to recycle this episode on a week that Simon and I are too busy to record. Yeah, here. This is it. This is what you're listening to. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, like, months later when nobody's yeah. paying attention to that movie anymore. The movie it's came like, out hey, last you year. <laughs> you remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> I'm really oh, hoping the funny. strike gets fixed. Maybe, well, this movie's already on. It's about to be out on streaming services and whatnot, so... Never mind. Whatever. It's you not know, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. They're evergreen. They last fucking forever. That was a pun that you made there. Yeah. Because they're green. Yeah. They are evergreen. <laughs> Except for Donnie. He's black. Anyway. Bro. Isn't it, isn't it funny how... Yeah, sorry. My bad. Isn't <laughs> it funny how quickly movies come out now on digital? In my mind, I'm like, oh, they weren't successful. And I'm like, no, they just cranked that shit out. It's just on digital now. Yeah, and and because of the strike, again, I'd like to keep our episodes uh, evergreen again. So maybe you were, maybe you're listening to this 10 years later, and you have no idea what the strike is about. You just randomly found this episode. Who cares, right? I also don't know what the strike is about. (laughs) I think the strike affected this movie and a few other movies that are coming out out around this time because they couldn't do a lot of promotion other than what they had already recorded, right? So there's a lot of weird Seth Rogen promos with him and Ice Cube sitting in a replica sewer talking about the movie. And Ice Cube's like, yeah, man, I saw the movie. I was in it. (laughs) And then Seth Rogen, let's try a different (laughs) snack. Yeah, dude, it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Well, I listen to this podcast. I listen to this podcast. Yeah, I listen to a podcast interview with him. And this is no disrespect to Seth, Seth Rogen. I actually think he's a genius. He has a lot of hits under his belt, right? But he yeah. he said in this interview, he was like, oh, yeah, like 90% of the day, week, month, year, like my life, I. <laughs> it's, like I it's, not, it's not a character. I know people make it a character. And I'm like, the stoner guy, he's, 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 he's like, it's mainly a social thing because it's kind of crippling to be around people all the time. And I, and I'm not a hardcore stoner, but I felt like that was so relatable. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I get that. Mm-hmm. Cause I absolutely hate being around people. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. But I, I think too. he has, yeah. uh, go ahead. No, I'll continue. continue. Go ahead. What I was going to say is it, it really sucked for a lot of people on that. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. There's a clothing company called Bull Airs, and they do a lot of kind of 80s cartoon wear stuff. One of the designers, I think, works or he's in my TMNT collab group. He's really he's good friends with like the guys from NECA. Mm-hmm. So he usually knows what's coming out way beforehand. 
he's he's like met Kevin Eastman or whatever. Like he knows all those people. He's he's big in it. But anyway, the Bull Airs they couldn't get the rights from Viacom to make these shoes, but they basically made these like kind of like Nikes, but they're Bull Airs. And they were all customized for each actor. So each actor, like Seth Rogen and all of them, had these specialized shoes made by Bull Airs. The yeah. only ones around because they couldn't get the Viacom license. And they were going to wear them on the red carpet. And then, so not no only could this company, yeah, could not, <laughs> they couldn't get the Viacom license to mass produce them. But then, like, the people that were supposed to be wearing these on the red carpet couldn't wear them. It sucked. I was I like, didn't damn, man. That. I, I didn't even think about the multiple levels that it affects. Now, uh, don't quote me on, I don't ever care about box office numbers. I always only care about like genuinely if I like the movie or not. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird to get wrapped up in, you know, you'll see people online like, Oh, it only made this much at the box office, but it's, did you, did you like it? Or did you not? Who gives a shit how much money it made? Did you pay to go see it? Did you enjoy it? That's more yeah. important to me. I, I can't say whether it's done well or not, but I know it didn't open up overseas yet. And I think it's on track to do okay. I hope it does, you know, because I think in the long run, that's what matters to get multiple properties made. You know, I yeah. think they're already working on the sequel and they're doing a follow-up television series called Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. So that's cool. But I never thought that, about yeah. I never thought about the levels of the strike affecting things like toy sales because you would automatically assume oh that's a that's a money in the bank ninja turtles movie we're gonna sell an ass load of toys ninja turtles print money you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure they did okay on toys but i do know what you're saying Um, yeah yeah just the the level so they made all kind i mean they made special special ones for the judith hogue whoever played April in the first Ninja Turtles movie, they made them for the other April, the one that does the voice for the cartoon. Like mm-hmm. they had all these people that were going to be on there. And it sucks. Us. Got to... I'm sure we I mean, it really snubbed us for going to the red carpet because I'm pretty sure we were just waiting on those tickets any minute now. Yeah. Actually, he called. Yeah. They called me and told me that they had to reverse the order because they got our sizes wrong or something on yeah. the shoes. Anyway. Seven and um, halves. We're tiny guys. <laughs> I'm a tall guy. Tiny feet. <laughs> yeah, I can barely stand up. I'm like wobbling back and forth. <laughs> we can't wear the shape ups because we will literally just fall over. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Bull Air. Sorry that happened. Um, no, I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. I didn't know that. And that it that does suck, man. And it's not Simon and I aren't blaming the strike. Obviously, we're blaming the executives that are making three hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> While the you know the writers and the actors aren't getting paid very well, so hopefully oh, that gets situated soon. Things, yeah, the residual thing is crazy because you'll see these actors on these huge shows, and they'll post their checks that are like ten cents. Yeah, and that's without yeah. even factoring in streaming, which is a whole nother. There should be some sort of regulation that happened whenever streaming came out because now you can watch these shows at any time. So how yeah. do you get, how do you even factor in residuals on that? Well, it's and it's kind of like Spotify streaming, like all that shit. I mean, they don't get anything from that. But That's so weird. The like Snoop Dogg was talking about. He's like, I just don't understand. Hibbity dibbity, y'all. I don't understand. 
no he was talking about how he's like i don't understand how something can get streamed like a hundred thousand times and i only have like 10 bucks my account from it yeah uh, so well, that was like i didn't watch the whatever hillary duff's show was um she had a show on disney but i saw a video of the dad from that show apparently that was a huge show i would imagine it was a huge show whether i watched it or not and he was like i he showed a check of what he made from residuals a main character on that show probably on every single episode and he got a check for zero dollars and zero cents i was like it cost them money to print that check and mail it to you <laughs> so yeah that is that is just out of spite right there yeah they sent they they went negative to send it to you instead of like, Hey man, uh, when I run into you, I'll give you whatever it costs to print the check and mail it three. I'll give you $3 when I just run into you. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to spend that money to mail you a check that if you took it to the bank, they would be like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Why? Why didn't you rip this up or throw it in your fireplace? Oh, because you don't have a fireplace because you're poor. That's like <laughs> That's the dude that played he was in a lot of the American pie movies. He played like kind of a great, that re greasy red hair dude. He was in a lot of stuff as like a nerd or kind of a shithead. Yeah. 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 And I saw something years ago where they were like, yeah, he's serving at this restaurant in LA. I'm like, well, uh -huh. don't make fun of the guy. You're just trying to. It's sad. Work. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Because Bill still exists. Yeah. <laughs> still. And I know that's the career path that he went into, but people are it's it's weird it's such a weird thing because people are still enjoying those movies whether you know whether you're a weird mountain dew drinker or not people are still <laughs> enjoying those movies it was the same thing that whether you, oh, sidebar this is a teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem review <laughs> we got to that for 15 yeah. minutes in. last thing the daughter one of the daughters from the cosby's in the show her husband there were a couple of years ago, someone recorded a video of him working as a cashier at a grocery store. And they're like, the Cosby's is like, it's probably top 10 all time TV shows, right? What not we get it. Bill Cosby's a monster, but the show is one of the top 10 shows of all time. Right. Top five shows of well, all time. That's why he's working in a restaurant now. <laughs> and this guy is working at the cashier and, and people are like, hey, man, are you doing all right? And he's like, we don't we don't get paid anything, man. What? Bill Cosby makes Bill Cosby money because the sh it's called the Cosby show. It's not called Cosby and Friends. It's like the fucking <laughs> Bill Cosby show. Wait, now, was who was it? It's not the guy that they always pull in on Always Sunny, is it? That's like. The, the guy that's like, oh, it's Tiger Woods, or weren't you on now, the Cosby show? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that happened after, though, because oh, okay. so many people kind of like felt bad for him. He could, I, I listened to an interview afterwards where he was like, he's gotten so much work. He's like, it's kind of embarrassing that that happened, that people record you, you know, without your consent, which is a whole nother thing with being a celebrity. But he was like, I honestly got more work after that than i've gotten in the past 20 years well that shit was the stuff with always sunny is always funny to me like it's so funny dude yeah it is now you got me looking it up now i'll edit this out and when i'm listening to these episodes and i wait for myself to say i'm editing this out i'm like god yeah, cause, yeah <laughs> cause, like shit now i have to 
<laughs> oh well, I, you know, I again, I've heard that on other podcasts too. They're like, I'll just, I'll add this out, and then they just don't. So well, for now, it'll be on Patreon, and if you're listening to this on Patreon, it's not going to be edited out because I don't care. Yeah. Who cares? And it doesn't. That doesn't even matter. I'm not even gonna look it up. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> it's one of the guys from the Cosby's. He was fucking poor, and it was sad. <clears throat> We're here to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. It's been a while uh, since we. I think we've both seen it. Not whatever. Two weeks. We're old. <laughs> it's been yeah, ages. A lot of shit has happened. <laughs> I was excited about this movie. Sam, you're a turtle fan as much as I am. I think. Were you excited? about mute mayhem i really was in fact i was like getting antsy we were kind of late into the theater i was like the movie starts oh man <laughs> at 7 45 we need to be there at 7 45 can uh, i tell you real quick can i tell you about my experience with that because i was the exact same way and we were like we were early right and no we're never early to the movies with my family but we were early because my wife could tell i was kind of agitated and they had that early screening, but it was like 40 minutes away. So she could tell I was agitated. So she was trying to be like, yeah, let's do, we'll go. We're trying to make it right. Which is, I know if you're listening to this man, child, annoying, I get it. We get there and we're in line and we're getting all our snacks or whatever. And, and I don't say anything. I'm keeping it quiet. She's like, I, you want the Donatello topper for like, if it's only in the kids meal. She's like, I know you want it. Right. And I was like, yeah, just get them both for the kids. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. And the guy brought over two Raphael's toppers, right? And I'm like, I didn't say anything. I was like, fuck it. I don't want to be late to the movie. And then my wife, out of of her own volition, said, hey, is there a Donatello in there? Right. And my son likes Leonardo. So he was like, can we get a Donatello and Leonardo? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll go in there and dig it out. And I tried to tell her, I was like, it wasn't that it was Raphael. But it was like, why would you bring two Raphaels? Two. You know the same, I, mean? like, yeah. I would be happy with if it was two different ones, I'd be happy. But you brought two of the same character. Why? All that to say, <laughs> we're still early after that whole debacle with the toppers. Here he is. Beautiful boy. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. All that, all that debacle. We're still early. We get to the seats. The movie is fucking playing. I mean, it's three mm. minutes into the movie, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but the, I am just, I am in immediately agitated because the movie has already started. Because it was a, spe- a, a early screening, there were no previews. Oh, right? I see. oh, that's right. I think you told me this. Yeah, yeah, there were no previews. So we got there right on time, and the movie had already started. I was like so annoyed. So that first, whatever happened in the very first in, the beginning, I missed it. Son of a bitch. I'm trying to think. I saw Baxter Stockman. Uh, spoilers. Blanket spoilers. We're going to go into this movie. And spoilers for the movie. But I saw Baxter Stockman and the baby fly. And the that's, guys that's, beat, beating down the door. That's it. Yeah, I know I didn't that's miss it. much. I was just being a baby about it. But yeah, that was the same for me. And anyway, it, it, it worked out. But I was like, hurry the fuck up. And then we got in there and my seat didn't recline. And I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to save the listeners that complaint because I think I edited it out some random episode. But I was not happy with 
it was not at the theater that we usually go to, which I'm like super comfortable. We always sit in the same seats. And I, I know first world problems, <laughs> but I was less than happy with the theater experience. And for the movie to still yeah. be enjoyable, that's got to say something. That was not the world. I'm also begrudgingly a gentleman. I say that because my wife was like, it was her seat that didn't recline. She was like, my seat doesn't recline. I was like, uh, switch me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just I would do that me. too. And I fucking hate that, man. I would do the same yeah. thing. I'm like, fine. You don't even want to be here like I want to be here. <laughs> yeah, you don't care about this movie. Before we really get into the movie, again, spoilers. And Simon and I do support the strike. This isn't us promoting the movie. This is us just giving our personal thoughts on what we thought about it. We could give a shit less if you go and see it or not. Mm -hmm. Boom. There you go. Disclaimer. You got in there, Sam. You started seeing the movie. Just, I don't even know how to break this down. What? Let's talk about it. What'd you think of the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem? The biggest takeaway for me, and and some of the areas was like, at first, the animation. As much as I loved it and all the previews and everything, the more I saw it, like on the big screen, it was. F it took me a little while to like calm my brain while I was watching it. If that makes any sense, like the first. Couple man, I thought it looked great. I, it was not. This is not a attraction from yeah. the way it was animated. It's just like I was like, there's a lot of squiggles and stuff going on around, like it the scribbles it. and everything. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my brain. This is a yeah. lot of information. But eventually, it was fine. The uh, like I said, it's been a while since I watched it. Some of it's kind of silly, but. I mean, it's like a kid's movie. I really couldn't remember. There was one part that made us laugh that lasted for a little bit. Not really too long, but like one of the times they're attacking warehouses and stuff. And they're in the hallway. They're in the alleyway and they keep saying something. I can't remember. That is, what this that is my that is my favorite part of the entire movie. And I'll go <laughs> into more of about that and why. But first, I want to comment on the the art style of the movie. I think, and, and Seth Rogen said this in an interview of like, regular animation movies don't cut it anymore. You know, mm -hmm. like there is a standard and you kind of have to push that. And I feel like they really pushed that in this movie as far as like trying to do something different. And I'm not trying to say that Into the Spider-Verse is the blueprint, but I feel like they tried to take it or tried to meet that energy of the Spider-Verse movies. Yeah. And the, yeah. I think they did. I mean, I did not expect it to work from the previews. You said that you were you liked it from the previews. For me, I didn't know if they could pull it off. And I think they did. Well, I was just because of the way into the Spider-Verse and across the Spider-Verse has been. I was I knew I just had this feeling, you know, yeah. I just wanted to see something like that. I think those movies are beautiful. And I was yeah. so happy that we've moved in that direction with animation because. I'm tired of seeing doe-eyed Pixar people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I was, I was happy about that. There were some, I don't know. We'll, we'll just move on. But I don't know. It was just really busy at first. The scene you were talking about is there in the, they just get through this big, beautiful action scene. I thought it was great, man. You know, there are multiple battle scenes all just kind of layered on top of each other. Oh, man, it was an overload and it was great. 
But they have this moment where April has been recording all these things to sort of amplify her story when she brings the story out to the ma- to the masses. And they're genuine teenagers, like little kid teenagers, right? And they're just shoot, just playing around with each other. And, and there's this, vi- not viral TikTok, but there's a TikTok account with this guy who makes these crazy sandwiches in New York. And okay. they're starting to imitate some of, some of that. And so they're like, the, the chopped cheese, we're going to chop cheese. And they're like, you're, you're, and they're doing all these like New York things. That's what that, see, not knowing what that was from, I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's funny. Yeah. And because so- of how passionate they were about it. <laughs> And and another thing I listened to, and so this was weird because I went back and listened to a lot of stuff, Seth Rogen's sort of creative process through this movie. And he was saying that they did the movie and they had everything written out. But when they got all the the kids that played the turtles in the booth, they were just like meshing really well and being genuine kids with each other. And he was like, we have to throw this at what we wrote. We have to throw that out. Like we're old ass guys writing teenagers, but there are teenagers right in front of us and like just record them all the time and throw our shit out and kind of like or layer it on top of it. And so that entire scene was genuinely those kids just playing around in a booth and then they animated on top of it. And it was like, this is what the turtle should always be. Yeah, that's one thing I really, really enjoyed about the movie and the previews that we we had talked about this before. They're called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and no aspect of any way they've ever been presented ever is as teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but then main... again, I mean, they good. They do grow up with like this martial art rat, you know what I mean? So it makes sense for them not to be completely. But in this, like, they do still like homeschool kind of. students. They changed a little bit, but I just like the way they did it in this. They were still teenagers and they felt the same urges of wanting to, you know, they're watching the outside world, human life through screens and whatnot. And so they, that's the only reference they have of being kids. Yeah. That being said, most kids are like that now anyway, glued to the yeah, screens. I know it sounds true. like an old person thing, but most people experience life like through memes and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, even adults, it's not even just kids. I do. I experience most of life through me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't traveled, but I've seen London a lot. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed that aspect of it. I I just think it's I made a joke about them being like homeschooled kids, which is probably how they would really act. It's just fucking weird. But it is uh, true. I mean, yeah, especially when they finally go to school at the end, they act like homeschool kids. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about more of that in a second. But I made a comment. I didn't do a full review, but my review was it was good to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles be teens and not, you know, 35 year old men in costumes pretending to be teens or like yeah, angsty adults, <laughs> turtles fighting super evil ninjas. It what was just cool to see them in that world. Speaking of angsty, I think one of my favorite things about this is that, yeah, they kind of gave Leo a hard time for being like the the way that he would lead or being like the rule follower or like the tattle or whatever. Yeah. But there wasn't that thing that's in every Ninja Turtles property, which I, you know, it's part of it. But like that Ra- Raphael Leonardo headbutting thing. Yeah. Raphael. Yeah. He's got anger issues, but 
I appreciated I bet, in this, that that yeah. wasn't really part of it. Yeah, I think they did Raph perfect in this. This is probably one of my favorite versions of him. Rise of the Rise of the Teenage Ninja Turtles. He was good. It was weird that he was like the leader, but he was good. And this one, he was really good because he still had the like hardcore Raph stuff, but he wasn't angsty. You know, getting his ass kicked by ninjas on the roof. He was. I don't know. I thought it was handled perfectly. And I agree the the back and forth between them. Leto was still a fucking dork because that's what he is. You know, he's mm-hmm. the leader. He's the rule follower. He's the dork of the family. I know some people would argue that it's Donnie, but I think Donnie's cool. And I know that's biased. He's the smart one. Leo's the well, dork. Don, yeah. There's a difference between being like a geek and a dork. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> He he is smart and nerdy and he keeps to himself, whereas Leonardo yeah. is like this kind of like the the, the actual homeschool kid that went to camp with you and he would tell on yeah. you for doing shit. So like, yeah, he's like the brown nose door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, bro. Um, Raph is Raph's the edgy one, and Mike Mikey is the the class clown. Yeah, I really I, liked Michelangelo in this one too. He was because they, they didn't were, they but... didn't make him like super goofy. He just yeah. seemed. Like the party really seemed like the party dude, man. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys seen the original Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I've really, the only complaint I have about their design and everything that's put together uh, about the Turtles individuals, I just don't like that. I don't like the full head wrap on Donat. I mean, on Raphael. Raph. Like, I don't like the, uh, the biker head yeah. wrap. Other yeah. than that, it's fine. Like Leo looks like the traditional turtle. Like that's what they all look like. But I'm so glad that they didn't make them all just uniform turtles. And we've talked about this before with kind of like Rise and, and other properties. But I like it when they look different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I I like that too. I don't know. It's, it's cool, man. I, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of interesting to see how they changed. Like, they meshed a lot from the comics. And, I mean, we'll get into that deeper with the sequels, I'm sure. But with the, uh-huh. you know, with the comics, with the Utram and stuff like that. Yeah, that I, I feel like they it's definitely set up for a sequel. And I know we typically don't talk about, we typically say we don't like things that are set up for a sequel. But I feel like it was just sprinkled in enough to where if you were someone that saw this movie with no experience, um, you still got the value out of this one movie. But if you're a hardcore fan, you know, oh, Cynthia Utram, Utram, that's, we're going somewhere with that. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more there. Yeah, yeah. The, the the only thing I hated about her part is that they felt a little bit too shoehorned in for the storyline. Like, uh-huh. She's like the B story, but she becomes the main villain for 10 minutes. Yeah, I would have liked if I agree. I would have liked if they were a little more in the background as and only in a sense of like the end credit scene. Like they were at the beginning with the Baxter Stockman stuff. And then you bring her back again for the end credit scene. Yeah, it was just that. And then, like I said, when they capture the turtles, that's that's it. Those were the. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. So there was some funny stuff in that, but the milking thing, the milking yeah. thing was so funny to me. I don't know why. I just thought it was, uh, it was like a full, it was a payoff to Splinter being so obsessed about it. What'd you think about Splinter in this movie? 
So I was about to ask you the same question. I, it's so weird because you get used to, they've all, I appreciate that they do something different. I'll say that off the top. Like you get so used to Splinter being either a human that turned into a rat or a rat that got big, but he all, he's always studied martial arts. Yeah. And in this, he looks like Jeff Goldblum, you know, which I was like, if I saw somebody that looked like that on the street, besides the ears, he looks like a regular dude. He's got like a 80s fro thing. No big deal. <laughs> and the tail, I guess. But the uh, the fact that he's like just like this old thing that lives in the sewers and is super afraid of people because people are the worst. I mean, that's all warranted. But that he trained them martial arts with like videos and stuff. I think was the hardest sell for me, uh-huh. especially especially in that part when he's rescuing the kids from the from TCRI and he is like the best at martial arts. To me, he's always the best because he trained the turtles. Yeah, not because. Yeah, he, he studied was, videotapes. So he was good in this movie, but he was the weakest of that family for me because and it, like you said it, it's different you have the original turtles movie and he is a which is weird he's a rat super sentient rat that is mastering martial arts as a rat and then gets mutated uh, also think, telekinetic yeah i think 2000 the 2011 i know i sing that that shows praises a lot but i think they handled it the best or he was a human dude who was yeah. mutated into a rat. I know maybe whatever you can't, you cannot say it doesn't make sense in this weird ass property. I think anything goes. Anything goes. But yeah. I think him um, being a master at ninjutsu and all those things, and then mutating into a rat, then training the turtles is m- way better than just him being a rat that learns martial arts. Yeah. Oh yeah. The rat. That, that's funny. Like that whole storyline in the in the yeah the first movie is like okay why did we accept this, this yeah and no the, the first movie it's even weirder because you know in the 2011 show Orokusaki and Hamasa Yoshi have beef with each other from you know a love triangle right and so you have a deep connection with those characters and why these two families are at war. The premise of right. the Ninja Turtles versus the foot. And then I think in the comic book, he was a rat that mutated. But there was one story. I can't remember if it was from the 80s cartoon. The 80s cartoon, he was a guy. He, he was, was a guy a who trained Shredder. He was uh, Shredder's... No. no. In the 80s cartoon, he's in the same clan as Shredder. Mm. I just watched the first episode again the other day. He was he was like in the same martial arts school as Shredder. Shredder betrays him by like they go to bow to their actual master and he oh, like wow. puts a blade. He pins him to the wall to where he can't. Yeah, bow. memory just unlocked in my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he pulls the knife out and he gets thrown out because the master thinks he's trying to hurt him or whatever. It's a really ridiculous thing. So that's that was that. Yeah, that's that version. Jesus. So, yeah what'd you think about april there was a lot of buzz about april you know some people hated it from the previews and everything like that and we all we know about the people that hated april (laughs) right but there was a lot of controversy so i wanted to know what you thought about april in this i cannot i mean 
I don't have any opinions <laughs> about yeah. April. Like she was, she yeah. served her her function. I thought she was funny. Like I love the fact that they went against that. She's always been a reporter thing. Like she was a journalist, and that's great. But she can't be on camera because it makes her oh, sick. Yeah. Like I get that. That was yeah. hilarious. It was really um, funny. I love all that. I don't know why everybody has to fucking freak out about dumb shit all the time. Well, it's because it's like she's not the she's not the hot ass cartoon reporter in the skin tight latex yellow suit that they can masturbate to. Right. They're like, wait, she's a teenager. Wait, she's black, <laughs> and she's not. It's not like form fitting. Yeah, I, yeah I thought it was great. I think a lot of the jokes had great payoffs, especially with like. You have the triumphant moment where she's at the news station and she's this. She's letting everyone know that the turtles aren't evil, mm-hmm. and you have this heroic moment, hero's journey with April. And you're like, oh man, she got over her, her fear of being on camera, and then she delivers the message and then throws up. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's great to me. I think that's a, a, an honest payoff. Yeah, that was that was very funny. If you can't tell right now, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, like I said, I really don't have like a lot of stuff. I don't have anything bad to say really about it, other than those few moments. I thought the enemies were kind of good. I thought the enemies were cool, and Superfly was funny. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't Baxter Stockman. That was just a regular fly, and he's Uh like ultra dangerous. But I I kind of liked that. Good job. I kind of like yeah. that. Uh, I mean, I'm not that I'm tired of Baxter Stockman. He's kind of a throwaway guy, you know, big Apple 3 a.m. But I've mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of cool. He it kind of made you sympathetic for Baxter Stockman because he was like my baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was a dude, man. Yeah. I genius. It. it was great. Some. Yeah, I really. And this is I, I had to realize this with me. I love a lot of the side characters of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles leatherhead and wingnut and all these characters that couldn't don't matter right they're just random side characters from the 80s cartoon and so for me it was it had it took me a second to be like oh these don't have to be serious characters this is not a serious movie it's cool that they're it's cool that they're just acknowledging them paul rudd did great as mondo gecko that that was great (laughs) yeah i loved him i loved him in it that was great. I'm trying to think of who else kind of stood out for me out of those Wait, mutanals. Well, we were talking about Ray Filet and Oh yeah, before we, we kind were talking of, about Yeah, we discussed like so for me, I didn't really care that it was post Malone that it was fine, but he didn't really like do anything for me. Like he, he didn't I didn't think the Ray Filet thing was funny. <laughs> at all and the fact that he kept doing it i didn't it was my least favorite part before i even knew it was not least favorite part i just was like well, yeah, was, that's kind of it's kind of annoying after the first time he did it yeah it was kind of like they only had him in the booth for 30 minutes because they kept having to use i don't remember him talking anymore after that he only said a couple of things paul Rudd i've always loved i've always loved grateful the old playmates toy mm-hmm. uh, and i really dug the design of grateful in this yeah, they had yeah, the goggles good. over the one eye that made the one eye look really big. I thought it was great. What a waste! It's fine though. What did you think about yeah. the turtle van? I mean, 
it, it makes more sense to me for them to be driving some pizza van than them to like have like this weird party way. As I've been watching the the 2011 series, though, I thought it was 2013. Anyway, as I've been watching that series, the first turtle or party wagon that they have that's made out of like a train car, I think that's probably one of the most, it probably makes the most sense for turtles to have. Like for some dude that's tinkering around with machines and shit to use something that's immediately available to him makes a lot of sense. What was their first car? In the... In the 2013 version, it's like a we're, train we're, car. We're splitting the difference. It's a. It's in 2012 is when it first started. Oh, okay. Well, the it's the it's like a train car, and then they moved to a different party wagon that was closer a, to the. Yeah, they had like a Volkswagen Bug after the farm stuff. Hmm. What are you they talking to, about? In the show, they go to the farm like in the first movie where Leo gets hurt. Oh, I haven't been. I haven't gotten there yet. Hmm. And they have like a or traditional. It's hurt in the movie. Leo oh, gets hurt yeah, in I the show. Uh, and they have a traditional van where they trick out like a Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first one is like a train car, which I think makes a lot of sense. But either way, and I love the way it comes out of the sewer or the sewers. Yeah. I'm trying but, to remember it. Yeah, it was it was fine. It really just looks like a train car with Big, it has got big tires in the back and smaller ones at the front. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Really... it's great. Yeah, it's great. But this one was fine. I mean, I nothing, I know it's for kids. And it's obvious uh-huh. by the previews that came out that came before this. You didn't get them. But they were like all shitty children's movies. And all, even the ones that were like Blue Beetle that aren't strictly for children, they were cut in that like SpongeBob action pack, like cut, 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 cut thing. I was like, man, these previews are the worst. <laughs> so that being said, I understand that this movie is for children and they're going to brand everything. But I love that some of that stuff was just stu- like it's just a it's just a pizza van. Like that's cool. Yeah, I for this. Absolutely. My favorite. I think it's silly for them. You kind of mentioned it. I think it's silly for them to have a commissioned vehicle that they trick out. And turt like the Batman thing. I think it's silly mm-hmm. to have Batman themed things. I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> I just think it's I think it's silly, right? And so for them to have a Ninja Turtle van that they trick out that shoots out manholes and has a, like a, a Ninja Turtle mouth painted on the bumper, I think that's silly. I really enjoyed that it was an homage yeah. to the original, but it was also a throwaway thing they didn't keep it they didn't like oh we're gonna keep this forever it gets destroyed and that's it yeah and i mean like i said with with kids movies they make everything very toyetic that's the word you you know for for that shit but i appreciated again that that wasn't really i mean there is a toy and i do want it but after watching it yeah it's really cheap to be honest I've been looking at it a lot. A lot of people are repainting it because you can take the launcher out and like cut that other window out and they're repainting mm. it to make Punisher vans and stuff. I wouldn't do that. Well, it's so cheap. That's what I'm saying. It's so cheap that people are like, I, this isn't a loss if I like fuck it up. I could buy, yeah, I could buy two of them. <laughs> what, did you think so, about the, what did you think about the end? So this is this is not the traditional Turtles movie, right? Usually in a Turtles yeah. movie or property, you still have that layer of angst. You have them 
we have to go back into the shadows to protect to be the heroes that the city needs but we can't benefit from that we have to be in the shadows right we we're angsty Mm -hmm. forever it's the curse of being the turtles but this really flips that can i tell you that i teared up (laughs) because i was like I know what it's like to be, uh, well, maybe not. I mean, I have friends. We were friends, you know, but I was like, mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be an outsider and to be accepted. Yeah. And hell, I even teared up when like Splinter's trying to, he's like hurt. He breaks his leg or whatever. And he's trying to get the antimutagen. That was such to, a good scene. And, and the, yeah, the people are trying to help him out. And I was like, oh God, you know. And seeing the turtles, like, their shells cracking, like, that, to me, is, Mm -hmm. I've always thought about that with turtles, with these, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm like, God, like, they crack their shells, they're fucking dead, you know? (laughs) And the IDW, I think that Donatello gets a replacement shell, right? Donatello dies. Oh, well, there you go. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler Spoiler alert. Donatello dies. In, like, the regular run? Yeah. We'll have to read it someday. That's the next thick cut, but for sure. But okay, continue. Why does he die? He dies because his shell gets cracked. Oh, but he has a fake shell though. No, he comes back. They don't come back. It's all like He's a long dead. story, man. It's, it's complicated. He's don't back. Bring shit like He's back. Yes, he's alive. You can't bring stuff like that back and then <laughs> or bring it up and not, not in the uh, in Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles though. He's a soft shell turtle who has a mm-hmm. fake, like a synthetic shell. Yeah, it, I always thought that was kind of cool about that. Okay. That show, it, it just came at a wrong time, man. Because that show is severely underrated. I love it. Have you watched the movie? No, but I've seen clips and the animation is like nuts. That movie blew me away, man. Yeah. And I agree with you. They came at the wrong time because that show is a hit. It really is. And I think with turtles you're always it's it always comes down to who is this for mm-hmm. and i think you get adults in there they're like these aren't my turtles and then I'm, they ruin it for everybody else yeah and it's those weird guys that are like 1987 teenage mutant ninja turtles is the best ninja turtles that ever came out and it's like it's not it's really not man i mm-hmm. love it i do i love it for what it is and what i got from it as a kid but i've yeah. watched it man yesterday yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not that good it's all about the nostalgia for them yeah it's because silly it's, and it's entertaining for the silliness but even my son was like uh i think it's really silly how they made shredder so stupid in that, in that yeah. show right i don't know man the the yeah, and I, some of the people in my turtle group, they're like, "Now, nah, 2003 is the best one," and I'm like, "Because mm. generally, that's what they grew up on. Like, they're my age. Some of them are a little older, but the '86 yeah. Turtles, like that was before that was movie. when we were babies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we were catching the tail end of that when we were conscious. Yeah, we were watching reruns out the ass, and I I know it because I remember when I can remember. I remember when I can remember it mm-hmm. coming out, but you remember they switched it after the movies were coming out. So the intro was kind of mixed with the live action. They call and it the Red Sky. The Red yeah, Sky. Season. They mixed it. I remember those seasons and then watching reruns of the old ones. Three is fine. It is. Yeah, I liked it, but it was it's fine. You know, whatever. 
It they is ruin fun. them always. They ruin them always with something about to sell toys. They they really yeah. like. Would you call it toyification? <laughs> toyetic. They toyetic um, the crap out of that because the last season they go into the future and then it's all vehicles and futuristic razor scooters and shit. Like no explanation. Yeah. Not a single bit of explanation. So they ruin it that way. And I will die on this hill. The 2012 Ninja Turtle show is the definitive version of the Ninja Turtles. It is absolutely perfect. There is not a single miss mm-hmm. in that show, man. Okay. Uh, and I'm sorry to say that it just is. Whether you are someone that watched the 1987 one or the 2003 one, you just haven't given it a chance because it legitimately brings all of that in. The movies, the old cartoons, the games, it really just brings it all in. I was my son's rewatching it right now because they they put the fourth and fifth season on something, and and they had Agamemnon, whatever the fuck, whatever the shark's name is. He was in tournament tournament fighters, and he's a character in that show. (laughs) It's like deep cuts. They're all deep cuts, man. Yeah, I like the perfect show. It really, uh, and I watched the, I told you, I watched the Rat King episode, the, probably the second episode he was in. I don't remember the first one, creepy, but I was like, man. this is a fucking nightmare. It's creepy, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was, yeah, I would agree with you that it's the best one. Anyway, whatever. I That's me, Mayhem. Yeah. I it was good. Movie, so. The ending, I thought, was the perfect ending for this because... We haven't seen that yet. It gave us something that we hadn't seen. We haven't seen the turtles be accepted and embraced. You know, in the comic books, they are. There's like a mutant town as part of New York where mutants are acceptable and and partially. You know, there's still some biases and things like that, which is leads into the story. But as far as general media, we haven't seen them get accepted outside of April and Casey. You know, mm-hmm. even and April's Mer- were still response was really funny and she's yeah. like oh no if i would have seen you without you have saving yeah. me or whatever i would have freaked out april casey and then merv or whatever that cameraman's name is. Vern, 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 and i'm trying to remember the old characters from the show Vern and irma yeah well i don't even know if vernon knows about him is i think oh, it's vernon vernon Vern is Ernest yeah, thing. And, and then uh, the boss is Vern, I think, or something weird. Anyway, I don't know. It was I good. It. I enjoyed it. Mid credit scene. I wasn't surprised. They had to have done it. It was. Nah. Yeah. Good. Duh. Duh. And there was a leaked photo way early on. I think when it first announced, there was a leaked photo of the turtles sitting on top of a rooftop eating pizza. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. got some backlash. People were like, oh, they look so stupid. Whatever. Looks fine. But if you revisit that photo, that's the trilogy. Yeah, I think you were talking about that. Yeah. Um, if you look at it in three sections, you have the Superfly whale monster and the first third of it. And then in the middle, you have obviously shredder and then you have the big technodrome invasion wow yeah what's this guy all the way on the right though is that 
is that a Utram or because it kind of looks like it could be. I don't know. I don't think it's Triceradon or whatever they're called. They got to <clears> do it. I'm, I'm assuming they have to do it, though. The Triceratons are a big part of it. I think the on this, the one thing that people probably hated the most was like Donnie's like goofy snaggletooth. <laughs> yeah. Without that, they kind of look like Rugrats as turtles. Yeah. And then they and Raphael being so small. But otherwise, I mean, it's great. It's great. That's the trilogy right there, though. Sneak peek. We had no idea. Uh, yeah, I hope so. It'd be cool. Yeah, I'm excited about the show. I'm excited about the future properties. I hope they keep going, man. I hope it makes enough money to be successful. I I hate that, you know, that's such a big deal. It makes sense, I guess. Well, turtles, turtles will never die. It's insane that this property has been going for as long as it has. I was that was my um, first response. So- like when I was talking to my wife driving home, I was like, this is the stupidest idea ever. Who would have known that they had captured lightning in a bottle when they came up with their silly idea? Yeah. These two dudes, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. <laughs> yeah. That would I guarantee when we're dead, it will they will be making a new Ninja Turtles property. Oh, sure. Yeah. How weird, man. I mean, if the world's not over. But yes. Otherwise, yeah. (laughs) The world hasn't ended, then yes, of course, there will be. We Um, like it. We're not recommending you see it. We don't care. Yeah, don't pay money for it. Stream that shit. Uh, Yeah, by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be everywhere already. So, Yeah, go steal it. Go steal it. That's it. That's the review for Mute Mayhem. I don't know when you'll listen to this. Whenever the strike's over. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.